with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating a contested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumbie and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie and I'm here with my awesome co-host Alan Witch. And we've got a great guest for you today. In fact, we're really excited about having uh, this guest on. Uh, we've been following them for a while, uh, secretly, and then we connected, and uh, we're doing some things uh, uh, with Ron in the future that I'm sure uh, you guys will be interested in. Alan, why don't you uh, run down the uh, amazing uh, guest today uh, with, uh, with your set of um, uh, notes that you have on him? The gauntlet and a critique. Welcome, Chris. It's uh, great to be here. This is awesome. Great guest, as everybody can see. It's a, a little unique when we're doing this live here. It's kind of hard to uh, suspend and build up uh, any kind of suspense when the guest's face is right there uh, on the screen <laughs> and their name's right there. So, you know, I could, I could say anything I wanted to, but Ron Malhotra, welcome to Thinkful Bebo. But I got to tell everybody a little bit about Ron. Uh, before we get going here, and I'm going to edify him a little bit. Uh, I doubt that he'll do it on his own, so we're going to do it for him. Uh, comes from the financial background and has a lot of financial background uh, internationally. And it's come to a point in his life in the last several years where he's taken what he's learned and the successes he's gotten, and he's focused away from his own journey and focused up towards a little bit of legacy and what does that legacy really mean and how do you take that legacy framework and take it into uh, a process where you can really truly in a, in a real efficacy way help deliver on results for other people. Now Ron's very successful, he's been in uh, Newsweek, he's all over the television and all sorts of publications worldwide and it would not be hard to get lost in that. It would not be hard to stay in your lane to stay in the area that most everybody knows, but Ron doesn't do that. Ron uh, appreciates the journey, but also really spends the time to focus on the desire, the dream, the mission, the legacy of his clients. And I, Ron, I want to honor you for that. And I know Chris and I both want to honor you for that. So with that said, and a little prompting, welcome to the show, Ron. Hello, Alan. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I was just uh, I was listening to that description, Alan, and um, yeah, this this you know it's it's always hard to capture the essence of your journey, and I and I really like the way you you explain that because our legacy is not always described and, and and captured by what we accomplish for ourselves, but what we what we try and do for others. And so, thank you for uh, for acknowledging that. Um, uh, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Well, we're glad you're here. We well, are we, definitely uh, glad you're yeah, here. Yeah, we're, we're really happy. Yeah, for sure you're here, Ron. And um, we'll just get things rolling. And I you know, typically ask the question to open things up and you know, help people understand you know, where your journey started and uh, you know, where you are today and, and what things look like as you're moving along. So why don't we start there? Uh, tell us a little bit about you know, what's happened uh, as far back as you want, and, and of course, uh, what the vision looks like uh, going forward. Yeah, thank you. Look, I just, uh, as I was saying to you, I turned 40 this year, and uh, about three or four years ago, I made the decision that uh, I was going to hit half time. You know, if your average life expectancy is 80 or 90, you know, very soon I'm going to live, hit that half time point. And I decided that, uh, you know, I, I made some decisions in regards to how I wanted to live the rest of my life. And um, up until uh, my mid-30s, I had achieved uh, my desirable level of career success and financial success. And uh, in other people's perception, I was doing quite well. But uh, 
there was a few things lacking. Number one, everything that I was doing, I was doing for myself. And the other issue was that I didn't really feel that I was living congruently with my own values because I'd never really taken the time to discover what they were. And so um, there were some conscious decisions made along the way. Um, but, you know, it, it's, I always say that setbacks and challenges are fantastic because they're powerful catalysts for change. Uh, if you are aware and you, uh, and you can take a positive perspective, because I always feel that the universe doesn't do things to you, it does things for you. Uh, but in, in the moment that it's actually happening, it's not always evident. And we, we sometimes can't comprehend why things happen the way they do. Uh, so, yes, uh, I have spent a, a lot of time in the finance industry. And my reasons for getting into the finance industry were simply I wanted to figure out money because most people around me didn't have it. And um, there was always people were always struggling. And I thought, you know what, I'd like to learn this thing called money. I wanted to demystify it. I wanted to simplify it. And I wanted to teach it. And so um, I got into the money industry and I've been in the industry for a long time and uh, doing my job as an advisor, giving people advice on how to make more money and how to grow their money, how to preserve their money, how to protect their money and how to leave a legacy, but purely from a financial perspective. Mm -hmm. And then one day I came across this research that said 85% of lottery winners go back to being bankrupt or being in the same financial position within the first five years of winning a lottery. That got me intrigued. I knew that a lot of people make the assumption that if they had more money, it would solve all their problems. Yet, in many cases, when people do come into money, they find a way to lose that money. My initial assumption was that it's because of financial illiteracy and not being aware of financial strategies that these people lost the money that they made. But as it turned out, the reason was actually a lot deeper, and it went down to people's mindsets and behaviors. That got me intrigued further, and I started to delve into traditional psychology, neurolinguistic programming, neuroscience, epigenetics, behavioral finance, neuroeconomics. And that's how I got in, interested in personal development. And I, I, I found that I had this insatiable appetite to learn everything that I could about human potential. Why is it people in the world create these magnificent lives where they create these amazing lifestyles for themselves? and live a life of success and significance, yet vast majority of people stay in survival. That became an obsession. Mm -hmm. I wanted to find out what it was. Pretty much everyone around me in our family, everyone, so many people were struggling. And it, and it hurt me to see that that many people were struggling. And I thought, surely this, there's got to be a way that you can figure this out. And the problem is, if you're not surrounded by people that are highly successful, you have to proactively seek this knowledge out because no one's yeah. going to give it to you. You've got to get stepped so outside I, yourself. Correct. Now, in the beginning, my reasons were self-dominate to learn everything so I could apply it for myself and create the success that I wanted for me. But eventually, I started to find that no matter what level of success that I achieved for myself, there was always this sense of dissatisfaction. I felt unfulfilled. And because most of us are conditioned and we, we learn how to make a living, but very few of us actually learn how to make a life. I've never really taken the time to go deep within myself to understand who I am, mm -hmm. what I stand for, what my values are, what my strengths are, what my purpose is, what my passions are. How do I want to live for the rest of my life? What kind of legacy I want to leave? Some of the life's most important questions. Mm -hmm. And so there was always this sense of emptiness. You know, in, 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 there's no word for it, but you know, you know when you have this sense that there's something missing, Sure. You have mm -hmm. the health, you have the family, you have the money, you have the cars, you have the homes, you have the you have everything that you want. But there's this sense that something's missing. And there's actually no word for it in the English language, but there is a French word for it. And it's called ennui, E-N-N-U-I. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it basically means there's something missing. You have this sense on the outside, hmm. you feel like you've got everything, but there's this sense that there's something missing. Now, the reason for, for, sure. for a lot of people, they feel that way. But, but what they do is rather than stopping and going, why do I feel this way? And having a sense of self-awareness and self-reflection, what me, most people do is they keep doing what they've always done. But I had to stop and just question everything and, 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 make, and completely change directions, which is what I did a few years ago and decided that I wanted to live differently. And I realized that the, way, that the only way you can get rid of that feeling is to find that thing that you're purposeful about, which is the thing that you were born to do, the things that you love to do, which is what your passions are, 
and find a way to make a living out of that, which is the profit section. So where purpose, profit, and passion come together, that mm -hmm. sweet spot is the only thing that's going to help you eliminate that feeling of something's missing. Yeah. So that's been I, I, the journey. I'll... And yes. No, I just I, I want to interrupt you just a little bit. I I really want people to understand. I'm I'm looking at your body posture, Ron, and the confidence and the calm that you have talking about what for most is extremely uncomfortable and unknown. And they don't know where to start. They don't know how to get there. And they look at their hindsight bias and they apply that to the next day. And they move forward, as you said, in a re repetitious moment of, of days past. And uh, I, I want to I twist a little bit. I want to add a little inflection here. What we're talking about is something that I was never taught in school. And it was something that only in, only in my 30s that I even remotely begin to teach my kids. Is that an important ingredient that we've got to filter down to the juvenile piece to our kids to be able to institute that, not just in our home, but in our education system? For sure. It's a little bit of a vulnerability, too, and realizing that it's okay to not be um, perfect or not um, uh, able to sometimes share some information that, you know, we're comfortable, not comfortable sharing. But, you know, what I what I found and what I'm hearing, you know, from the questions and, and, and things that you propose to yourself is you really found out who you were so that you can really know where you're going. And, you know, that switch that happened for you has now put you in a position where you're helping others. And I want to talk about what you do to help others, because I think it's uh, amazing. And that's how we connect it, um, specifically in one of um, the areas where you know, the successful male and, and, and where we um, share, because we are males, uh, some of those things and, and, and being vulnerable and sharing those things. So let's, uh, let's push the conversation to what you're doing now, Ron. Um, now that you've had that epiphany, uh, you've looked at your life, you said, hey, I accomplished these things, but something's missing. Um, and you started questioning those things, looking at it and interesting about money. And, and I don't want to touch on that, for, for one, one, one quick second, 85% um, of lottery winners, you mentioned, lose it within the first five years. And it came down to, you know, through your in investigation, some of the anchors that they had through their lives with, with having no money. You know, most lottery winners had no money ever. Um, in fact, I think probably the number is, is, is most had no money at all uh, before. Very few people play the lottery that have money anyway. Um, so it makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, show, tell us what you're, you're doing now moving, moving forward, uh, to help, you know, people in, in, in the areas of, uh, business life. And, 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 and I found it really interesting to look at all your stuff that you do that, you know, you, you, you're able to share this stuff and insight now, um, that's affecting a lot of people. And, and I follow you on social media mm -hmm. and there's a lot of comments and you get a lot of shares and you, you've got a, uh, a great following, uh, that do share information. And that's what I love about it is because I get to learn from not only yourself, but I get to learn from all the comments coming through. And, and, and I think that's a wonderful place, you know, when, you know, you look at it and you can ask yourself some questions that people pose and say, Hey, I went through this. And then people can say, yeah, you know, I can share that as well now because I'm vulnerable enough to say, Hey, in this group, I can share that stuff. <laughs> Everybody has mm -hmm. something, um, you know, that we can relate to. And, and I think it's amazing what you've created. So I'd like to, you know, put that focus now on what you're doing. Um, because I, I, I know the audience is really going to love it. And, um, and then we can tell them where they can find that and, and get involved if they so feel. Thank you, Chris. I, I, I'd like to just uh, address what Alan had said. I was uh, I was taking the time to digest what Alan had said. I was considering. Sure. And I, first of all, I just want to make the point about uh, you, you mentioned something about the posture and the, and the confidence and the calm. I think the moment you decide that you are prepared to go within yourself and take the time to discover who you are, which I believe is one of the hardest things you'll ever do in life is to really figure out who you are because we pile on these layers and layers of beliefs and mm -hmm. and and uh, facades in our personality and 
and then to unlearn it all is a is a massive process and it's a very frustrating process when you're trying to figure out who you are what what you're about um, and i think what's happened with me is um um I'll talk about the posture so sorry it's just the way i said but the, but no, it's good posture. I wasn't. It, no, it's good posture. Yeah, it wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. It's my, it's, it's my thinking. It's my, it's my thinking. It's my thinking pose, right? So I, I, I tend, tend yeah. to be able to reflect more in in this position for some reason. I think it must might be a neuro linguistic programming anchor. When I put my and and the, if you've seen sculptures of people putting their hands on their chin, uh-huh. and they're thinking. It might have something to do with it. it might be well, I'm doing the same thing. So. <laughs> um, I think it's all the chocolate but, I ate. That's, but that's just me. I could be something. <laughs> so interestingly, I um, the, when when people are in the presence of somebody that's congruent and consistent with who they are, and they they're aligned, they've got this centeredness about them. Some people get uncomfortable about that. The assumptions are made that that person may have a bit of arrogance in them. And I sometimes mm-hmm. I talk I talk about the difference between confidence and arrogance. Confidence is very important. Confidence means you value yourself. Arrogance means you think less of others. Okay. Just because you value yourself doesn't necessarily mean that you, you think less of others. In fact, the reason I value myself now is because I understand the spiritual nature of human beings. So the fact that what has actually allowed me to value myself is understanding that every person has the same ingredients. Should they wish to tap into it, every single person can achieve greatness for themselves and for others. So the confidence and the calm is a consequence of me understanding a lot about myself, me understanding a lot about the mental faculties that we've been given, and me understanding the spiritual nature of human beings. Collectively, it has given me this clarity about how to live. And I think what that does is it removes the fear because I, to me, the ultimate freedom is freedom from fear, fear of following your dream. Mm-hmm. That's what the, the, the mental shackles that keep people, uh, you know, that prevents people from going after what they want. To me, it doesn't matter what you own, what your position is, what your prestige, your status, your occupation. None of that matters if you're in the mental shackles of not being yeah. able to go after your dreams. We're totally agree. And you can. And that fear can only be eliminated when you really start to see yourself as more than just this mind and body. You've got to understand the spiritual nature of human beings. And that's when it becomes really, really powerful. And that's why it's impossible to come from a place of arrogance when you get that, because you realize that what's in you is in every other person that you come across. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I my heritage is um, I'm Indian. And in India, the way you greet people is namaste, which basically means, and I didn't know this, I only recently found out, it actually means I respect the spirit within you because there was an understanding many, many years ago, even though spirituality and gratitude and abundance are now coming back into the Western world and it's kind of become a bit of a trend where everyone's talking about vulnerability and authenticity. The fact is that these things have been around for years and years, right? But, but a lot of the times these, these concepts have been misinterpreted and distorted. Right. So when you really understand the spiritual nature of human beings, um, it gives you that inner power, but you also start to see the potential in every other human being. You stop, you stop judging people's inherent nature. You can judge their behaviors, mm-hmm. you can judge their laziness, and you only do that because you know how much they can do with their lives, but yeah. they have all of these limiting beliefs that stop them. Mm-hmm. So I can't help but get passionate about that. And so as soon as I started to understand my spiritual nature and your spiritual nature and Chris's spiritual nature and everyone else's spiritual nature, I started to realize, my God, people sell, sell themselves short, as I had been mm-hmm. for so many years of my life. Mm-hmm. Sure. And you know the first thing you do when you have that awakening? You have that awakening, the first thing you do is you start telling people, you start preaching to people, hey, yeah. you know, you should do this, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> and they turn and they turn your volume down, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't pick up you your calls after right? that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. And you start espousing, you, you, you claim that yeah. you know this stuff, so you want, to, you want to share it with the world, but you do it in the wrong way. You forget that for years and years, I was ignorant myself, and here I am preaching to people, and I'm telling people sure. that they need to change, and they need to transform. But you can't help it, right? You know that you shouldn't be doing it, but you can't help it because you've got so much passion about it. And then you start mm-hmm. to feel people's resistance. People don't want to talk to you anymore because they go, oh my God, this guy's gone strange. He's probably joined a cult or... You know, he's uh, he's been brainwashed or there's something going on with this person and they start to avoid you. I've, I've been through all of this. Sure. 
and then and then you start to question and go maybe maybe you know what i should go back to who i was you know just this mm-hmm. is not worth it because i'm not being appreciated you know i feel like i know all of this stuff but i really feel alone now because no one gets me and so you right. start to question mm-hmm. everything you start to question yeah so i've been Very through true. all the all that transformation and then eventually came to the point where i go you know what i'm going to embrace it and i'm just going to constantly share with openness and no judgment and i'm just going to share it and people who are ready for the transformation will gravitate towards that message and embrace mm-hmm. it and people that aren't that's okay as well we can love them we can try and help them but let's not force it down people's throat i started with the men's market i started a movement called the successful male and that was really about redefining successful men uh, i've been misunderstood many times i have been labeled sexist for running the successful male a lot of people have assumed that the successful male is a gentleman's club where we sit there and talk about clothes money and women we don't we actually don't talk about any of that what we're about is redefining successful men so that success is not defined in the traditional terms of mo- money and power and prestige and that there is elements of finding your purpose living an inspirational life making a difference and maximizing your potential we talk about everything from emotional intelligence to managing your confidence to creativity spiritual intelligence and productivity performance and of course money management as well but from a practical standpoint where money is not to be used as something that you to to exert power and status but you use money to have financial security so you can give back money gives you choices so what we've done within the successful right. male is we've taken all of these concepts and put 27 different elements together to help men achieve holistic success. And why did we start with the men's market? Because I was one of those men. I was one of those typical men in my early 20s that was ignorant and arrogant, couldn't express myself, um blindly chasing money. Um I had I, had, I didn't have the ability to express myself. I used to act macho. I used to I fe- and and when I look back now, I'm not exercising judgment on me, but I'm starting to realize that I did that because I wanted to matter. You see all mm-hmm. human beings just want to matter yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. It's how we go about it. Yeah. And you I want thought that dash and... between our when we were born and when we die to make a difference. Correct, you want to matter. And yeah. and and so I felt that the finer things in life is going are going to make me matter and don't get me wrong I still like the finer things in life but they no longer define me. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. And right. then I looked around me and I and I felt that there was a lot of men that were struggling and suffering. There was uh whilst there's a perception that uh, all the support needs to be aimed at women because women have been disadvantaged disadvantaged for so long, which I completely acknowledge. The reality is that men have been left behind as well. And this is not about men versus women. It is simply about acknowledging that in in some areas women need more support mm-hmm. and in some areas men need more support. Key. And so it's about pro- providing yeah. a mentorship model where men can come together and talk about things that are important, character, leadership, influence, purpose, inspiration. All the uh traditional education system and we do not talk about and emphasize in the traditional workplace. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did with the successful male. And when we looked at the statistics around men's violence, substance abuse, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, men killing themselves, it was evident to me that this was the time to start focusing back on men and any time i have been criticized or i've been questioned by women and going well why do you do this well, how come you are you know you're ignoring women i said we're not ignoring women we're just acknowledging that men need support in certain areas but here's the thing you must understand when men become better who benefits mm-hmm. partners spouses families industries mm-hmm. communities nations because here is for me it's very simple all the world problems that exist right now we can we can we can agree that behind every single world problem human beings are contributing to those world problems and no other species mm-hmm. contributes to world problems like human beings do and vast majority of those human being, beings belong to the male gender but rather than criticizing and ostracizing men we have to understand that if you're going to fix the world problem then the only way you can do that is to instill self awareness self empowerment and self mastery within men because when men become better and they're self aware and they're self empowered and they have the tools for self mastery they're going to do amazing things rather than throwing throwing them into prisons demonizing them mm-hmm. and criticizing them let's go back to the root cause of the problem which is lack of self awareness and it's not their fault our education system doesn't emphasize it 
Mm-hmm. So rather than talking about the problem, let's talk about the solution because there are some men's groups out there and they talk about, you know, there's lots of initiatives around mental health and this and that, but that doesn't fix the problem, you see, because all your attention and focus is now on the problem. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the solution. Right. And so that's what the successful male is about. And I have dedicated myself for the rest of my life to finding every single solution that's out there that will enhance people's lives, whether it's through leadership, mindset, success principles, money, influence, whatever it is. If it, in, if it enhances your life, I'm interested. And because I have this insatiable appetite for wisdom, I will seek it out. And not only will I seek it out, I will dissect that information, I will simplify it, and I will present it to you in a way that you can understand, apply, and get results from. And mm-hmm. so for me, that's become my legacy. I love learning and teaching. Let me take what I love, package it, and add value to the world. And that's a fantastic formula for significance and success because it's impossible for you to not feel fulfilled when you're taking your natural gifts, strengths, and values, you're packaging it to add value to others. I don't think there's a better way to live. I, I would totally Easy. agree. You said something that was really key. You said you, you're willing, not just willing, but crave learning. Work with an awful lot of people that don't crave learning. They don't want to learn anymore. They want to take what they know and they want to put it forth and they want to get some kind of something, whatever that might be. It might be intellectual property, it might be satisfaction, it might be gratitude, it might be recognition, it might be economics back for the work they've already done done how do we change that ron to go from this is what i've done to this is what i need to learn i need to pivot i need to learn something new that i don't currently have i need to get out of myself get out of my comfort zone and be able to learn and adapt sit in the front row as opposed to be on stage how do we master that I think anyone that's in the personal development industry would agree that one of the hardest parts is you're trying to help people and people are resistant. They see you as the enemy. We have a culture where a vast majority of people are programmed now to chase entertainment, consumerism, um, sex, uh, and all those things that are basically a part of our primitive nature. We all have it, right? I mean, by nature, if you look at my primitive nature, I'm competitive, right? I want to fight. I want to just go out and protect myself and my family and think for myself. I mean, we have, we've all got it, right? Because we're human beings. Mm-hmm. So we naturally, in many ways, we are flawed from that perspective. So we have that primitive nature, which goes into the flight or fight response. But we also have this divine nature. We have the lower self and we have the higher self. The higher self is the person that's more wise and compassionate and understands the importance of love and, um, and, and provides and cares. So we've both, we've got those sides. Every human being has that. We've got the primitive side. We've got the divine side, the divine side. We choose which one we want to, we want to, we want to promote because I have a natural mm-hmm. negative bent. I have a natural selfish bent. I realize that. But so for me, it's an everyday decision. You don't make this decision once and go, well, you know what, for the rest of my, I'm going to make things, I'm going to change things and I'm going to live this way. You have to make that decision every day when you get up mm-hmm. because there are days when I feel like judging. There are days when I just, I want to fight and I want to, you know, I want to fight for what's mine. And, you know, there are mm-hmm. days you feel like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's about going, you know what? For you sure. fight that. You fight that. You fight that because mm-hmm. you go, you know what? I also have this side of me that is very capable of being wise, accepting and loving. And let me nurture that side and let me ignore this side. And sure enough, if you do that over a period of time, this is going to start to grow. But the other thing that I use is I use this analogy, you know, I explain to people, everyone's talking about wastage of resources, you know, whether it's water or it's, you know, climate change. Let's talk about the biggest resource that's being wasted, human resource. Mm-hmm. I heard, uh, I was at a conference once, and I'll never forget this, and the, uh, the speaker was talking about leadership. He said, you know, only 5% of people in the world are responsible for all the improvements, explorations, discoveries, inventions, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. That obviously raises Incredible. the question, what are, what are the other 95%ers doing? Now, you think about the fact that there are so many world problems that still prevail. And my theory is very simple. World problems do not prevail because of the actions of the minority, the bad minority. World problems prevail because of the inactions of the good Correct. majority. Yeah, they're ignorance. And so ignorance and also indifference. 
And, you know, apathy yeah. is one of the biggest problems. Yeah. I see it in the world of finance. Mm -hmm. And it's basically laziness. But it's also, you see, you've got to realize that I have all of this capability. You know, if you think about a battery, you know, we, we, don't, we don't toss out a battery that's unused. We make sure that if you've got a battery in a device, before we toss it out, it's fully used. All the reserves are used. Yeah. So why yeah. is it that we are so comfortable with human beings only using a small percentage of their total capacity and then going to their deathbed? And, and, and no one talks about it. You see, at funerals, you don't talk about the fact that that person now died and they died with this wasted potential. Mm -hmm. We have to start acknowledging that if every person just did their part, there won't be any homelessness. There won't mm -hmm. be any crime if we just did all our part. Now, you know, I've had I've had some controversial views where I've, I've questioned people and I've gone, you know, do you really think that feeding the homeless over the long term is going to fix the problem? Because research now shows the moment you start to help people that are homeless or you you, you help people um, in, in the way if you give to to eradicate poverty, it doesn't work because all it does is it reinforces people's poverty. It just perpetuates it. Paradigms. Sure. And perpetuates it. And they've tried it mm -hmm. in a number of countries in the in the developing world and it hasn't worked. What works is empowerment, not giving, but empowerment. Empowerment means that you take a human being and you make them realize how powerful they are, how capable they are, and they've got the resources there to make whatever they want happen. It's, and so mm -hmm. it's an education piece. Giving, mm -hmm. simply giving doesn't help anybody. It only helps people in the short term. Yeah. And so, uh, so for me, the way to fix this whole problem, the whole world problem, is through education. And not education about how to make a living, but education on how to make a life. And so the way I've chosen to do, do that is to learn everything that I can and then, and then transfer that, that education. And we're building a team of people. You know, I, I, I have a team of consultants, and I always say to them, you know, I will pour everything into you with the condition that you pour it into other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the ripple effect, and that's how you start to affect more and more people. And every person that is empowered is a person that's not going to commit crime, is in more control of their mind and their emotions, and they're going to very likely do things that will benefit others. And so the the effect carries on. Right. But and that's not big thinking. That's not oh my god, look at this. You know, I'm I'm trying to be this massive legacy guy. It's not that. It's just it's really simple. Anyone can do this. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. you don't need to think big as such. No. And I think we also have an obligation. Like I talk about, I mean, who, you know, they, I heard somebody recently say, you know, um, who, who told you that you're here just for yourself? Who, who gave you that impression? Where did you get that concept from? And, you know, I, I love the works, work of um, R. Buckminster Fuller, who wrote a book called Critical Path. And he, mm -hmm. you know, he, talks about, he talks about the fact that nothing in the universe lives for itself, that there is a greater purpose that we right. all must fulfill. Yeah. Correct. But Alan, yeah. you know what, what it is, you, you have to, you have to recognize that and then you have to set an intention and you have to dedicate yourself to living that way. Yeah. It doesn't just happen yeah. because you make that decision once. No, it's every day. Sure. It's almost every minute of every day. It's almost a perpetual peak. You have to consciously be in pursuit of it, regardless as to what it actually creates and delivers for us at this particular moment in time. And I think, you know, our society's become uh, egregious. You know, we want, we want instant gratification. We're told it's okay to get instant gratification. We're told it's okay to, to demand that. The work ethic has come, really dropped off. The, the numbers you were talking a minute ago, 5% and doing 95% of the work, that hasn't gone away. Social connectivity has made those irregularities immediate and 100%, you know, present at all places at all times. So we have to not only change what we do, we have to change the society norm as to how we deliver the information. And I think that's the big key that goes back to the kids. Now, granted, you can't, you can't just change the future based on working on the kids. Now we've got to operate in, in our norms now. But a big, I, I think there's a, a big challenge with people making that shift and understanding and accepting the fact that what I choose to do today and how I live and think today isn't necessarily going to change my results today, but it is going to change me. And if I have the ability to change me, then I have the ability to help effectively help others change themselves. And through that, then we're going to have a process uh, of creation and, and pivoting on a global on a global scale that we don't currently activate yet. 
and you guys are contributing to that by by doing what you're doing and this is all this is and this is the best thing about the social world as we come out of the information economy and we go into the social mm -hmm. world there is going to be it's been predicted that we're going to get to the next level of consciousness and you're starting to see that people are starting to become more mm -hmm. aware about their actions there's a social <laughs> conscience um, mm -hmm. but the reality is we're still so far away from being all that we can be and I say we because it's not about me pointing fingers and saying, I mean, for me, there's a lot of work that I have to do on myself. And it's a it's a regular thing. It doesn't stop. It's a you know, it's 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 how I for me, I wouldn't be comfortable going to my deathbed knowing that there was still a lot of reserves left in me. So I've got to explore sure. everything that's in there. Yeah. And uh, it's a decision, Absolutely. you see. And and I think the biggest thing, Alan, that you were saying, what that's lacking culturally, especially in the Western world, is this thing called self-responsibility. There's a lot of blame. A lot of excuses and justification and rationalizations. And, and I think it really just comes down to self-responsibility. If you pretend that everything that happens to you, you are 100% responsible for, not blame, but you're responsible for. Don't blame yourself, but, but take responsibility. Something amazing happens. You actually start to unleash your resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. And that is the only way to start tapping into what you've got. The moment you stop Seeing things as circumstantial. Stop blaming the government. Stop blaming their company policy. Stop blaming your spouse or your parents. And just take 100% responsibility for everything that's happened to you. The moment you do that, you start changing things massively. You start to realize what you've got in you and you start to tap into it. And so I always say to people, I, when I say to you, you're responsible, I'm not saying you're to be blamed. Blaming is negative, mm -hmm. but responsibility is positive. Sure. If you can understand mm -hmm. that distinction, and you really want to tap into the resourcefulness that you have, start thinking for everything that you don't like in the world. Start thinking, what can I do to fix that or make it better? Powerful. Yeah, very much so. Sorry, Chris, go for it. Most definitely. No, I was going to mention, you know, just listening in, <clears throat> there's a game I play. I play it every single day. And part of that is, you know, what I came up with, you know, in terms of reminding myself, you know, one of the most prevalent um, greetings are, how are you? You know, we usually hear that when we see someone, either we uh, um, haven't seen in a while or we saw yesterday. It seems to be a common question, you know, to uh, pose someone is, how are you? And I turn that into, uh, speaking of NLP and anchoring, uh, something that I took the A-R-E of how are you, and I turn it into an acronym, attitude, responsibility, emotional guidance system. And I remind myself, what is my attitude? Am I taking full responsibility right now in my life for the things that have happened, that are going to happen, that I want to happen? Um, and, you know, what is my emotional guidance system? Where is it bringing me? Because we are emotional beings. We react, you know, mostly and, and most people, um, unfortunately, react where you take responsibility, you respond. You know, when you were sitting there and thinking about the questions, you respond. You don't react. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, I turn that into a technology of sorts, a human hack, if you want. And it reminds me every single day. And, it, and it's an anchor that I use. Uh, playing that game is something that I enjoy. I take every um, day and I win something. And it helps me propel, even though some days are worse than others and some days are greater than others. Um, it always is something that I can focus on and turn around. You know, you started, um, you know, having success. You mentioned at the beginning, uh, you started to realize something was missing. Ron, what was that, you know, what was that moment in time? Who, where did you reach out? What was that, you know, uh, change that you took? What was a book you read? What was the person you met? What was it that changed everything for you at that moment of time? Where did that start? How did you actually go about understanding that something was missing and then you took an action of some sort to start making that change happen. What was that? For many years, Chris, I um, I had the shiny object syndrome, you know, and uh, I used to give my <laughs> wife a very hard time. You know, I'd, I'd start this and then I, because what I was seeking was that thing that would fulfill me. And so I thought I was, sure. maybe it was music. Maybe it was this or maybe it was that. And so I had, I started all of these things and I didn't pursue anything. I didn't finish anything. And that was taking a, you know, I was starting to, that was actually having an impact on my own confidence because, you know, when you start a lot of things and you don't complete them, sure. you know, every time you start something new, your brain goes, you're not going to finish this. 
And so you start to, it affects your self-esteem. And, and I was giving my wife a hard time and poor thing, she'd been there to support me and all of my, um, you know, um, strange behaviors of trying to do so many different things. And I was just trying to find that thing that would make me happy. And I'd go, oh, but I think I found it this time. And and I could just, I would look at her and I would think, my God, she must be, She's. I know she's skeptical and she's not saying anything because she doesn't want to stand in my way uh, as I discover myself. And so this continued for a number of years. You see, I just, I felt maybe it was this or it was that. And and I and I see people now that are in that, in that same process, you know, and I feel, I really feel for them because it is not a good place to be. You're trying to find that thing that will center you, that will ground you, mm-hmm. that, you know, you're right. Mm-hmm. And that you'll never find that outside of you. Here's the first thing I want to tell you. I want to tell anyone that's listening. You will never, ever find that, that outside of you. It will not be, a, it will not come in the form of an occupation. It is not in the form of a partner. It is not in the form of money or a car or, or anything else you think. It's not, not even in the form of a hobby. It has to be, you have to go inside of you. And for me, really the breakthrough happened through having good mentors. And that's why I'm such a big fan of mentorship because I realized that despite the knowledge that I had and the level of awareness I thought I had, I was still blind and oblivious to my own behaviors mm-hmm. and my own thinking. Sure. I wasn't aware of it. You know, I thought I was. And just like every person thinks that they don't need a mentor, I was the same person. So I, I empathize with that as well. A part of me like gets frustrated with people thinking that they'll figure it out on their own. But then I understand that I used to be the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was the part. So it's, it's only when I started to get mentored and they started to tell me, Ron, you actually don't know this. And I'd say, no, I do. Oh, no, you don't know this. And until you admit that, no change. Ow. Yeah, right. It's painful, isn't it? It's painful yeah. when you consider yourself to be successful. You've got a bit of pride. Sure. You've got these accomplishments mm-hmm. behind you. And you don't want somebody telling you how to do things, right? Who, who the hell are you to tell me this? Yeah. You know? And it's so when you're paying to do it, you know, you don't want to hear that. Correct. And then you think, <laughs> oh, you know, this person hasn't got me. They, they, they actually haven't got me figured out. And then you tell yourself all these stories that, you know, you've got this sure. figured out. You know it better than that person. Mm-hmm. And then one day you just have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, have I got the results in my life that I want? Yeah. Is my life by design or not? Mm-hmm. And until you do that and you have the courage to stand in front of the mirror, look at yourself and go, there is something you don't know and you are getting in your way. And mm-hmm. until you stand in your way, nothing is going to change. And you need to accept right now that you're ignorant and you're being arrogant, especially men sometimes. You're being not only being ignorant, but now you're being arrogant. And that combination is a devastating combination. It will devastate you. When you're ignorant and you're arrogant to not seek help, that's going to mm-hmm. get in your way. Yeah. And so humility didn't come to me naturally. You see, I was not something that it came to me naturally because to me, humility meant putting myself down. I didn't want to put myself down. I wanted to stand up. And then I realized that's not what humility means. Humility mm-hmm. doesn't mean right. thinking of yourself less. Mm-mm. No, humility doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. It means thinking of yourself less. less. Something I realized later on, and I realized mm-hmm. that. And so it was. It was the. It was the openness and the embracing of somebody else who walked the path and had the results that I wanted. And go, you know what? I have to give you the benefit of the doubt. As much as it hurts me to do that, I need to let somebody lead me, because if, until I can be a good follower, I cannot be a good leader. And so that's where, um, and so, yeah, that was it. And that was the, the openness, you know, we, a lot of the times we're not open. We think we are, but we're not open-minded. And because I've been through all of that, you see, the reason I feel qualified to lead this movement is because I have made every single mistake and learned from it and then completely transformed myself. You see, it would be different if I had just learned from books. Sure. And then I, would, I was out there preaching these ideologies and philosophies <laughs> and theories. I have lived, I've gone through the pain and then come out of it and completely transform my life around yeah. and through my own experiences. So I feel very qualified because there is, it's very unlikely that you're going to tell me that something that you're going through that I will not understand because I've been there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you teach not what you know, you teach what you've done. And mm-hmm. I love that mirror exercise. You know, it's something that I often, um, you know, talk to others uh, in the same, you know, position um, where you're mentoring or you're coaching or, you know, you're observing and listening, you know, looking at you and observing who's looking at you while you're looking at yourself, you know, there's one thing that I know unequivocally and it's, you can't lie to yourself. It's an impossible and, you know, endeavor you can try. And many people try to, you know, 
maybe put that um, mask on, but the reality is it's a mask and it's not you. So I love that. Thanks for sharing the uh, that perspective on it, and you know, going through that, you know, for others, um, so that perhaps you can mitigate, you know, some pain uh, for them, and uh, and sharing that insight is is, is a wonderful uh, thing to, to do. Um, I can't believe how fast things go on these shows. Mm. And I'm looking at the uh, clock, and, it's and they ticking. do. They they fly by. And 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 Ron, don't get me wrong. I can sit here all day, and 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 I hope that you know we'll get you back on the show. In fact, we have some uh, ideas um, on what we're gonna you know take with this show and 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 uh, and put forward in in uh, in time. Uh, we're now on C-suite. Uh, network i, I want to throw that out there um it's a great network it's it's a lot of leadership and and that's what we're talking about not only leadership of others but leadership of ourselves mm-hmm. and you know looking at how you can move um in that you know place where you've got that thing is not missing anymore you know you're f- being fulfilled and and we talked a lot about those things so i really appreciate you coming on and and talking and we're not done quite yet um we have a couple of last minute questions uh that we always throw out there um and i'll leave uh alan for the last one um how do people get a hold of you ron because you know we've talked to you now for about 50 minutes um uh, you know i think that you've related to our audience in in many ways and if they want to come work with you or you know i know you have a book and you've got programs where would they find you and and how do they do that uh thank you chris um i probably connect with me on linkedin just find me ron malhotra m-a-l-h-o-t-r-a because i share a lot of content on linkedin but um if you're a man mind you we've got 25 percent of our students are now women and even uh mentors are women awesome. because they love what we do <laughs> Uh, but whether you're married or woman, if you if you're wanting to learn success education, and you you can look you can look up the thesuccessfulmale.com male m a l e dot com, um, and uh, if you're wanting to look up anything about me, just my personal website ronmalhotra dot com. I'm actually about to launch a program called Influence Mastery, which is a it's really about taking this thing called influence, which I I, I think is the best kept secret of success, and dissecting it. it and and it's a it's it's a lot of work that we've gone we've done a lot of research on what it is how to create it and in today's social economy it is so possible and the thing is this if you're going to do anything heart centric that impacts people out there and make a difference you need influence to be able to do that mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's why I think it's mm-hmm. it's not like this superficial thing Chris and Alan it's actually influence is a wonderful thing because it allows you to widen your impact um, so that's sure. something that uh, that we're going to be teaching soon I love it that's awesome. Awesome. I like the influence and collaboration piece. We'll be on our own circle of influence. For sure. It's a great way to go. It's a great way to go. Take us away in the last question, Alan, and uh, we're going to wrap it up. And then um, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll leave some last comments, put it that way. Well, regretfully, I'll do that, but I really don't want to. I'm digging this conversation. <laughs> Ryan, you're, conversation. you're spot on, man. Um, I, this could go, this could go several hours. Actually, this could be a, a real couch conversation. I think there's an awful lot sure. of guys yeah. out there that really need to hear, uh, to hear what we're talking about, but we're, we're constrained by our time. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pop the, the, the last question here. We always like to try to leave the audience with, uh, you know, something that they can really take and immediately do. And we all have a tendency to, to remember the first thing that's told to us in a conversation and the last thing that's told to us in a conversation or a situation or an event or what have you. So if that be the case, what kind of last uh, last directive could you leave with the audience? Something that they could really internalize, easily implement today, make it a habit to apply tomorrow? It's always a tough question because uh, I don't usually dispense tips and tactics, uh, Alan, but I will say, look, I'm, I'm going to give, I hope it uh, may not satisfy the question <laughs> that you asked me, but the thing that I'm going <laughs> to say to people is open your hearts more. If you really want to be powerful, stop overemphasizing your mind and your thinking and start really digging into your heart and your feelings. One of the things that I have discovered is that the heart has intelligence that is far more powerful than the brain does. And if you want to know your eternal truth, you're going to have to start. You're going to have to start feeling from your heart more. 
And heart also gives you courage. You see the word courage in, in French actually means heart. So mm -hmm. if you, and we oh. know that mm -hmm. what prevents us from being all of ourselves is, is fear. If you start to open up your heart and you really start to go, you know what, I'm going to use my heart in my interactions, in my decisions and, and, and things like that, you will start to live into a more powerful way of living. And I can't tell you how much this has served me more than anything that I have learned the ability to have an open heart and not shrink it it's the energy center of your of your of your body you open that thing you forget about the disappointments and the rejections and the pains you've had you open that thing and you see how powerful you become i love it i like it it's awesome well thanks ron i really appreciate it uh taking the time out thank you to the audience alan it's always a pleasure to hang out with you and Likewise. have these uh amazing conversations and really digging deep um with people and you know albeit a uh, very short period of time you're going to see more of ron uh hopefully ron will you come back in 2018 and uh visit us it would be my pleasure such a deep and awesome conversation and much needed um you know so thank you so much i really appreciate the opportunity alan and chris for you sure. And, and we're not and, letting and, you off the hook. There's going to be lots of things that we'll be tagging on with you sure. here as the, as the months go by. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, it, and it's funny, you um, you had mentioned to Open Heart uh, several years ago, and, and, and we'll wrap up. I, I had this uh, idea and epiphany, and you know, it was about my heart opening at the time. I was probably early 30s, and I actually created a coin. Um, called the open heart and I still have it today and I spread uh, I think I spread about 3,000 of them around the world and I actually mapped it um, back then we didn't have a ton of technology but we were able to Google I think Google Earth was just coming out and and uh, we were able to map some things so I have 3,000 coins out there called the open heart I live with integrity and uh, you know I have to go back and and I have some so Ron I'm gonna send you an open heart <laughs> coin that I created oh, I that. because of the synchronicity of understanding now mm -hmm. why that was in, you know, in, in, in fact, something that I thought about. So I appreciate that. Thank what you for my heart. What an amazing thing to do. No, thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Thank you. What an amazing yeah. initiative. I'd love to do that myself. Thank you so much for sharing right. that idea. And, and, and maybe now, maybe now you can carry that on now that we had that conversation and, and that'd be something, yeah, uh, which would, uh, which would be amazing. And I think, um, you know, maybe we'll have a conversation about that, Ron, that will be a lot of fun, but, uh, <laughs> certainly something I know you can take on and, and, and run with, um, would you be open to that? Of course. And I appreciate the, the time with you fine gentlemen. And thank you so much for that, for that suggestion. I, I love that. And of course, yes, I'm, awesome. I'm actually blown awesome. away by that. So thank you. Yeah, Pretty thank sweet. you. Um, on that note, folks, thank you so much uh, you know, for tuning in. We always appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook at Think Bull, Be Bull Community. Uh, of course, all the channels, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Podomatic. Help me out here, Alan. We've got a few others. And of course, our feature radio. C-Suite Radio. <laughs> Come and check us out. You'll love, that, uh, you'll love that group. And there's lots of great podcasters on that uh, network as well. Again, wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.